Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and today I'm once again joined by Dan Devine, a senior NBA writer for Yahoo Sports, to answer four big questions about Knicks heat. All that right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks here at Daily New York Knicks Podcast. I want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day because we are now available on all platforms and that includes on YouTube. So if you haven't checked this out on YouTube already, please go ahead and do just that. Remember to hit that subscribe button, that notifications bell. You never ever miss an episode because that would make you an everydayer. And we love everydayers here at Locked On Knicks, but who's talking to you? I am Gavin Shaw, your favorite play by play broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. Um, normally I'd be joined by Alex Wolf, um, but today uh, I'm lucky enough to have Dan Devine with me, um, who is awesome and a lifelong Knicks fan. So he, he empathizes with all of us. And uh, he helps me break down, um, using his immense knowledge of the game, um, some of the key questions for Nick's Heat. Um, the title, the title says four. I, I don't know exactly how many it was, but it was it was, it was about it was about four big questions about Nick's Heat. We get into it all right now with Dan Devine. Yeah, and I I, I think like at its most basic level, you, you you noted this, but the Heat shot unsustainably well against the Bucks. The Knicks shot unsustainably bad against the Cavs, 28% right. level those out as a team, 35% during the regular season. You expect those to even out a little bit. And yet I can't, this, this ultimately like X's and O's aside, it kind of feels like another like psychological battle for the Knicks. Like, all right, you're sure. mentally tougher than the Cavs. Big whoop. That team kind of fell apart. Can you do it against the Heat, who like kind of MacGyver their way through these series? Like even last year against the Boston team, that just like as much as I can say, like like you know what, the Knicks might just be more talented. Like the Celtics were way more talented, and it it still came down to Jimmy like having a shot to end the series, and it felt like that in the regular season when the two teams played for the most part. I mean, two of the three wins for the Knicks were two point wins. And it felt like you were you were getting away with murder when you got to the building. Like when Julius fumbled the ball after Jimmy Butler stripped it, ran it down, shot a three. It was like, all right, let's go home. Everyone, like it's kind of like like in a right. NCAA tournament game, like where everyone just goes sprinting off the floor when there's a shot yeah. and there might be time on the clock. It's like, nope, get to the locker room, get on the plane. They can't stop us at that point. We're going to the next round. <laughs> yeah, right. um, and it didn't like because this team just feels like in Miami, they just feel like they deserve to win. They feel like they know they're going to win. They feel like they know they're tougher than you. And they almost feel like they're smirking at you for, for every second of every game. Um, and, and what I go back to on a positive side is just the way the Knicks like kind of neutered them the last time the teams met. I think the Heat, I got to double check, but I think they scored something like 12 points in the fourth quarter. It felt very similar to that Cavs fourth quarter. And it, it almost feel, felt like the Knicks unlocked a gear defensively. Um that they just didn't really have in the regular season. And granted, we've seen Miami, to your point, in that Chicago game and the Atlanta game, like two completely different teams, right, than what we saw against the Bucks. But I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on, like, how the Knicks are going to be able to hold them down. Like, obviously, like, like let's just say, like, a middle-tier outcome for Jimmy Butler, where he's amazing, but not quite that amazing. More like 31 points per game on great shooting than 37 <laughs> points per game. 
on great shooting. Like, how does the fact that the um, the Heat actually have the ability to play four out and like kind of four and a half out with like Bam operating around the elbow, um, and they take away, I think, the core thing that made the Knicks so great defensively in that Cavs series is that Cleveland's two bigs allowed them to just park Mitchell Robinson at the rim, and and he was a permanent and uh, incredible deterrent throughout that series. And like, can Miami get him away from the basket? I think that's, I mean, that's a, you're a, a great point that if you're able to pull him out of the paint, uh, then that gives you, it, it, it removes the Knicks primary rim protector and also like forces whoever the four is there, whether it's and a, a Julius obviously had some struggles with that given yeah. uh, sometimes it's engagement, sometimes it's physical. Uh, I think maybe more physical in, in the last series um, with as the, the backline rim protector, Obi actually performed surprisingly well in that role. I thought, I thought he was, uh, it was the best sustained like help defense, uh, defensive rebounding kind of stretch that I've seen from him personally. Um, so I, I think that's reason to be optimistic there if you need to go with more of him. Uh, I think the the thing that I would be interested to see, and we'll see how, like you mentioned Tom Thibodeau being uh, more flexible in this recent run than mm-hmm. we've seen from him quite a while. I wonder if in that set of circumstances, especially if Julius is, you know, hampered or, otherwise uh, either unavailable or limited after the, the most recent ankle roll. That feels like an opportunity. Grimes, if Grimes is out, it makes it a little bit trickier, but it feels like an opportunity to say, what if we downsize some too? And then you're looking at, is it RJ Hart quickly? Uh, you know, what, you know, what you, you the, the, the addition of Hart and the sort of in the last round resurrection of RJ as somebody that was, you didn't have to, get rid of his minutes. You needed to keep him on the floor more. And RJB, he's only, you know, six, 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 seven, but if they're playing Jimmy at four, right. Or if they're playing, you know, Struess at four or whatever, you're not at a dramatic size disadvantage there. And the Knicks now have some more bodies to be able to match up on that sort of small and those smaller lineups. So if that turns into, I don't know if Tibbs is willing to junk up the matchups and say, maybe Mitch is guarding Caleb Martin or something like that. Right. And then he could, in the same way that like Robert Williams with the Celtics will be a weak side rim protector helping off that corner. Um, and you're letting your other guys handle some of the, the, the more primary matchups. I don't know. I think that there, there are opportunities there for the Knicks to get a little more creative. And I think the, 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 the positives that we've seen, is that a Tibbs has been more creative in terms of the way he's handled matchups and lineup rotations recently. And B the, the roster that he's got available to him is more flexible with guys who can guard up or down positions. Like if you say Josh Hart, go guard bam for a few possessions, he can do that. Right. And, and it, it might not always, you know, it's not going to go his way hundred percent of the time, but he's not going to like get bulldozed into the back of the rim for doing it. So um, I, I, I you, you're right to note, a couple of areas where like the low hanging fruit for the Knicks probably won't be there in the same degree. Like Eric Spolster will adjust and he will find the matchups that work for him. He will not continue to throw lineups. that can't function out there. Uh, you know, he might run out of bodies, but he won't like just continue to do the, you know, yeah. bash his head into a rock and the Knicks will not be able to out. Like you can't rely on out toughing the heat, but I do feel confident that this, this Knicks team will be will be able to play that even as opposed to getting, you know, stuffed in a locker where if that's the case and if you're like we're playing at the same kind of like level of conflict, then it's about how do we execute 
And are we, you know, do we trust our players to have the competitive, uh, to, to find competitive advantages in the run of play? And I think when you're talking about, you know, Brunson and Hart and this version, you know, uh, the, the version of quickly that you got toward the end of the series. I mean, he was fantastic defensively at the beginning, but then started to make shots at the end. You know, I, I think that there's more reason to trust in that. So you're right. The, the Heat posed a different uh, tactical uh, uh, matchup, a, a different tactical set of challenges. But I think the Knicks are also maybe better equipped to respond to them than they have been in the last couple of years. And I, I guess I, I, I can't help but think very similar to last series, like the ultimate X factor here is, is Julius Randle's health and, sure. and the, kind of the three options of, of having him play and be healthy, having him not play, and then having him play hobbled, which we saw against Cleveland. And it mostly, again, looked really, really bad. I said it earlier, the guy could not hit a shot. And then finally something seemed to click in that game five where he had, I, th- I think, five assists to one turnover in the first quarter. It was was brilliant as a playmaker. And then the Knicks, very similar to R.J. Barrett. I, I think what made him effective more than anything else, like obviously his willingness to pass, his ability to finish, but Tom Thibodeau getting him the ball with momentum. It's, it's been true for his entire career. And he started applying the same practice to Julius Randle, a guy who's largely kind of been a stationary target for the Knicks like during his run on the team. And with, with, with Evan Mobley like having to cover ground to get to him, like Randall was able to attack and attack and attack. And, and the Heat are a team he had probably the best game of his career against earlier this season. Like I know, I know he also had the 57 point game. Like I don't, I don't care as much. The stakes were sure. just higher. And it, it felt like, like every time the Knicks and Heat play, it felt like a playoff game. And he was just spectacular in terms of the shot making. So I look at that. And I also think about the floor spacing a lot with Randall on the court. I, I think the Heat are going to make him prove it all over again as a three-point shooter because obviously he was horrific in that area against the Hawks two years ago and something that the ankle probably shouldn't have affected as much. Maybe his lift a little bit, but he couldn't couldn't hit a three um, against the Cavs to save his life. While Obi Toppin, um, with a larger sample size, like I almost go back to something uh, Zach Lowe said when he went on Ian Begley's show, The Put Back, where he was saying this before Obi got run at the end of the season. He was saying, like, I just have kind of a gut instinct that Obi is a better shooter than he's shown. And on this podcast, we've always argued like, all right, play him in a scenario where he's not going to get pulled when he misses one or two threes right. in a row. Yeah. And he'll show you. <laughs> and he was scalding to end the year, shot 35% against the Cavs. And I think I'm, I'm comfortable saying like, I think he could sustain that if not do slightly better against the heat. So Obi is a floor spacer and then Obi's ability to make quick decisions. And to Julius's credit, there were, great stretches against the Cavs in terms of his decision-making. There were also stretches where he was kind of head down bully ball, like exactly what we saw against the Hawks, where by like sending just a guy to shade or a blindside double, they were able to force indecision. And during the regular season matchups between the two teams, particularly the one game, the Knicks lost the heat thrived on causing that indecision in Julius and doubling from odd areas and weird spots. And Julius, if he has a weakness, he is a, very slow processor um, against double teams. Um, and that even affected Jalen Brunson a little bit when the Knicks played the Heat. And where Obi's great on offense is he's a fantastic processor and he always seems to know where to go with the basketball. And I wonder if in this specific matchup, Obi's ability to hit threes, make quick decisions, and get easy buckets in transition, which you need against the defense like the Heat, can offset some of the sheer talent gap between the two. And then I also think about it as like, all right, when this series like gets down into the muck and, and, and you're trying to close out games, like, do you need Julius's just sheer 
offensive ability. And then on the other end of the floor, it's, it's kind of similar questions where Julius is, is clearly the more talented defender. And to your point, like I feel infinitely better with Julius on a switch against a Jimmy Butler, where I, I think that's what he's best at on defense by far. I mean, his, well, yeah, switching as opposed to, to dropping for sure. Yeah, exactly. And get challenged like mono and mono, like even against the Luca earlier in the year, like it shocks you how he stands guys up. Like he, he had possessions against Mitchell where, where he locked him up in this series versus Obi, I think is, is buttered toast in that matchup sure. on an Island. Um, and yet Obi, to your point, like, like, especially in that last game, like he, he wasn't flawless, but he was very, very good for someone who at times can be a bit of a space cadet defensively. So I say all that to say, like, like, what do you think the balance is there between Julius playing, not playing and how Obi Toppin can, can kind of fill in the gaps, even if he's obviously not the same player that Julius Randall is. All right, guys, when we come back with Dan Devine, we'll get that question answered, give you his insight on the Obi Toppin versus Julius Randle conundrum and how it can affect this series. But first, we have to award Nissan's most electric player of the week, and it's brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. So my Nissan most electric player of the week is Josh Hart um, because he has been just that electric since the New York Knicks acquired him for the small, small price of Cam Reddish and their first round pick this year. Um, brilliantly fierce the way he attacks the offensive glass, but also shows off a certain fierce elegance in transition where he, he just kind of serpentines his way off the court, banging off bodies, colliding, but never falling this innate center of gravity. And, and then stunning power at the rim, but also a certain elegance to his power at the rim where, where he's swooping and gliding and laying at home through the contact. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. And you can shop now at NissanUSA.com. And then we also have to tell you, Better other friends at BetterHelp Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. Um, that is certainly true for me um, in, in nearly a decade of therapy on and off. It has been incredibly helpful in finding out why I think certain things, why I feel certain things, and um, I guess how to manage my reactions. Uh appropriately and um and 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 with with a certain self-awareness I, th I think that's where i benefited most from therapy and if you're thinking about starting therapy the place to go is better help is entirely online designed to be convenient flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge discover your potential with better help visit betterhelp.com locked on mba today to get 10 percent off your first month that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. Yeah, I, I mean, I would be surprised if the the decision-making calculus was not similar to the way it was at the start of the Cavs series, right? If, if Julius is healthy enough to be able to get, you know, to get cleared for game one, right? And, and in game one, he more or less, I mean, it, it wasn't perfect, but he looked fine in game one and then it went, it sort of deteriorated more as the, the series went on with the exception of the, the earlier part of five. Um, so I think you take what you saw from Obi in the first round series and the fact that Tibbs was confident enough in him to give him extended runway in crunch time of a, a really important playoff game. 
not just because Julius was struggling, but also because Obi was earning those minutes. He, he earned the opportunity. I think you take that and have it in your back pocket and say, if Julius is available to go, obviously the, you know, the, the everything operates. He has been like the central figure of the franchise during this recent run the last three seasons. So they're going to, they're going to put him out there. Hmm. Um, if he shows that he's not able to sort of stay up to the defensive responsibilities or that he's just not, uh, physically capable of running with Miami and, and you know, go, going possession by possession with them. I think you say, all right, Obi, get on your horse. Like, let's, let's, let's see. Let's, you, you have earned the chance to prove it again. Um, and then if that doesn't work out so hot, then I think, yeah, maybe you're, you're looking at small ball options and saying, you know, are, can we live with Hart at the four more? Can we live with RJ at the four more? And, you know, how do we fill out the rotation, the perimeter rotation from there? But um, I think you're right to note, like, there will come a point where Randall's ability to create one-on-one or to just fi- be a physical mismatch or, or fi- uh, against some of those smaller heat fours that he might deal with um, will be a, a really important factor for the Knicks. But for that to stand up, you've got to be able to trust him on the defensive end. And if he's not able to move, then that's going to be, you know, that, that that's the issue. The, the, the part of the game that I go back to is when in the third, I think it was the third quarter before, he wound up getting pulled for the fourth uh, against Cleveland. He was uh, the low man. He was guarding Isaac Okoro in the corner, and they stat they put him on Okoro in the corner. We'll leave you alone to get, have me as a, pro- a, a secondary rim protector. And the ball went to Okoro, and he just blew past him two or three drives. And because I think the ankle just wasn't there, you know, the 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 ability to to move laterally just wasn't there. And so that, as much as the shot making, I think was why he didn't play in the fourth quarter. Because Tibbs, if for no other reason, if nothing else. If you can't defend, you're not going to play, right? And the fact that it, it was a, a dramatic reversal of roles from most of their tenure that Obi was maybe the better defensive option in that game. But if that winds up being the case, if, if he feels like Randall is not moving well enough to be able to hold up defensively and to execute their help side responsibilities or to hold up on switches, then I don't know that you can continue to run him out there. But I expect they're doing everything they can, you know, as they talked about, the around-the-clock treatment, et cetera, to try to get him ready to go for game one. If they feel as comfortable heading into this game one as they felt heading into the Cleveland game one, um, I think you'll see him out there. And then it's just going to be how do those, how do those first five six minutes look? How does he hold up? And will that sort of set the stage for what he's able to give you from there on out? Yeah, and it's obviously it's it's, it's impossible to know because if it's the same injury, like he he should miss this whole series. But if it's if it's less severe, then 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 you don't know. Um, you, you touched on this a little bit, but I, I just want to get your gauge. What do you think Mitchell Robinson can do in this series? Because I think there's a there's a compelling argument to be made that he was the Knicks single best player in in that series against the Cavs. And of course they couldn't have won it without Jalen Brunson. Right. I don't know if they could have won it without Mitchell Robinson either. Um it just feels like the Heat aren't gonna get bullied on the offensive glass in the same way obviously bam out of bio from just a strength and physicality perspective right completely different dude than jared allen and evan mobley um i i think about that defensively like we talked about with him like getting spaced out but also offensively like it just feels like the knicks like they're gonna have some games where where the shooting is just terrible again like even regression to the mean all that like that's just kind of what miami does to teams that don't have the star power of, of the Bucks or the Celtics. Like, can he make a similar impact? I mean, I think you, you certainly have to hope so uh, if you're if you're the the Knicks because that is an area where uh, 
it's it, it's it's an area where you can play to your strengths in a way that you don't like it, part the, the the Knicks recipe for uh, an effect effect effective and efficient offense without elite shooting has been all season low turnovers more free throws than them and more at offensive rebounding like that's that's the win the possession game component and and Mitchell Robinson is a major major part of that that t- the tandem of them Hartenstein and and Robinson together they get they go about it in different ways somewhat but they that value proposition of we're going to extend possessions we're going to generate second chances has been such a huge part of why the Knicks have been successful offensively this season um I I think you're right to say physical in terms of just physicality Bam is a different style of player but Bam is also 6'9 and Bam is also one big defender on a team that does not have any other ones Kevin Love fits a really interesting role for Miami he went from out of the rotation in Cleveland to starting in Miami because they had such a desperate need at the four, but also shooting and, and, and rebounding were issues for them. And so he fits a need when he's playing well. All right, guys, we'll be back with Dan one final time to wrap up this conversation, talking about how the Knicks can make plays when Jalen Brunson is trapped attacking out of four on threes and the importance of RJ Barrett and his continued evolution as a playmaker in that respect. But first, um, for a championship team, which the Knicks are aspiring to be, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can the Knicks play him off the floor can the Knicks you know you attack him enough defensively that having him out there becomes untenable and if that's the case and if you're able to do that then then it's it's bam on an island to some degree and if you can so maybe maybe Mitch doesn't wind up with 11 offensive rebounds but if Mitch is able to you know kind of wrestle bam to some degree and you know, occupy him be the body that bam constantly has to to uh to box out and account for then that creates more opportunities for your wings crashing the glass. And that's been obviously some uh, a really important source of secondary opportunities for the Knicks, especially since Hart got there, but all season long as well. When you have your guards and your wings rebounding, uh, that, that sort of li- raises the level of the offense. So I wonder if we might not wind up seeing as significant a statistical series for Mitch, but the role he occupies being no less central because in the same way that Bam's ability to lift – and play make from the elbows and be a a facilitator from the top of the key, even running like inverted pick and rolls and stuff, getting Mitch into action would draw him away from the paint and then create more, more sort of worries for the Knicks uh, secondary defenders. If Mitch is able to occupy bam defensively and, you know, be uh, the, uh, the constant worry on the offensive glass, then somebody else has to do all the cleanup work for Miami. And it's not that they can't do it. I mean, at this point saying, well, is Jimmy going to be able to play 45 minutes and run the offense and score and defend and clean the glass? Like, the answer might be yeah. yeah but, like- <laughs> but if then it's 
is Duncan Robinson doing that? Is Max Struess doing that? Is Gabe Vincent doing that? Is Kyle Lowry doing that? Are all of these other guys going to be able to do all of that cleanup work without, you know, the occasional screw ups and missed responsibilities and missed box outs and, you know, all the things that then create those, you know, open shots for somebody on a second chance. It, it, it puts a lot of pressure on a defense. So I think Mitch, and, and for no other reason also, like, you're not wrong to say he was the, he might have been the, like the biggest swing factor in that Cleveland series. And so when you get to this time of the year also, it's about how do you get your best players on the floor most often? He is he's one of the Knicks' few best players. So he's going to have to play big minutes, staying out of foul trouble, which he's been better at as he's gone along, is going to be an integral part of that. I'll be, you feel confident with Hartenstein in there as well, but you need to keep him on the floor. You need to keep him engaged. You need him to be pressing that advantage. He can't win every way, but that's the way he can win. And if he's able to continue to do that, that makes him a problem for Miami to handle. Yeah, to me, one, one of the biggest factors is how the Heat are going to handle four on threes. And if if they maybe they just decide not to trap Brunson as much as the Cavs did, because that was that was kind of the point where the, where the series ended, right? Once Brunson figured out how to handle those and RJ Barrett, Josh Hart, whoever was setting the screen made great decision after great decision in those four on threes. And I think you're going to see just a, a million rj barrett jalen brunson pick and rolls because rj is going to be the one guy that miami like like if, if rj is not involved in the pick and roll and he's facing miami saying like all right everyone's going to stay home we're going to let rj take a million threes if he wants yeah, to take right. a million threes and we're going to treat him like the knicks treated isaac Okoro, like the knicks treated chetty osmond but maybe even to to a greater extent somehow but if rj is setting that screen and he's coming downhill it's like it's it's obviously it's not the same thing because he's not in the same universe as a player but like it's a smaller version of like that classic like Giannis equation like all right do you like press up on him and 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 guard him like or do you dare him to shoot but then he just gets momentum going downhill and the way rj was finishing and the way he was making decisions when people did come up to guard him is really enticing and and where mitch like basically ended that series is like when the Cavs bigs had to step up in that four on three situation mitch would just get every rebound and Absolutely. every single put back suit so, i mean do you think there's a clear-cut solution there for miami is it as simple as like all right we're going to switch everything and we're going to try to make jalen brunson match jimmy butler shot for shot uh, I think that's part of it. I think that they're they you know the, they're going to feel confident enough in what they do uh, on both ends of the floor to say we're like we we and, and and also in their ability to adjust to say if you know we we go with plan A and it's not it's not going the way we want you know Brunson's getting off we're going to be able to switch on the fly and we feel confident enough in our defensive matchups. I mean during the regular season Jimmy was the most frequent uh, defender on Brunson in the half court so. They might, they might, you know, might start there, and then it's a question of, well, is RJ dealing with, you know, a smaller defender like, you know, a smaller defender like Gabe Vincent or somebody mm -hmm. like that? You know, who who is the matchup that he's going to have to uh, to deal with? And I think you feel really encouraged based on what you saw in round one that when he's operating from the mindset of get downhill, catch, attack, make decisions out of that, play make out of, but but step one is at the basket then that because of his ability to be a, a sort of a bulldozer when he gets in there draw fouls draw contact create out of that um it forces the heat to play a little bit tough it's tighter out on him it forces the heat to uh maybe maybe not put a smaller defender on him to have to shuffle their alignments and then that maybe that creates more opportunities out of it i think that what you saw in the cleveland series it's, it was almost to some degree like a test run for some of those some of those opportunities you, you might see against miami 
you now have more confidence in RJ being a four on three playmaker in Hart doing that in quickly. I mean, not that you had worries about quickly's ability to process and, and connect, but mm. the Knicks now it feels like, and you know, Randall, when he's playing it sort of at the, uh, to the top of his abilities as a guy who can, you know, screen and attack some of those as well. The Knicks have a handful of guys capable of doing that connective tissue work comfortably and that you feel good about. Um, even, you know, Hartenstein being that kind of, that kind of guy as well. That's you know, where his skill set really lies on the offensive end, as opposed to, you know, he's a, a different sort of screen setter and roller than Mitch. So I think that there are, there will be opportunities for those guys to make the next play. And Tibbs, again, saying the stuff that he keeps repeating over and over again, like it's, you get two on the ball, make the easy pass, have the read, have the outlet, make the next play. The Knicks just spent five games doing that. And getting more reps in it and more confidence in it. The Heat will be, I think, more aggressive with their ball pressure. Their defenders, especially when you talk about Jimmy and Bam, are more just a, a higher class than what you saw from Cleveland. But the Knicks also just got a ton of experience dealing with uh, playing out of pressure, playing in those four on threes, uh, and then trusting the pass and trusting the the decisions that they have to make once they catch or once they get, to, you know, either to catch and drive or catch and go. And so I think it, it's a much different situation than having to play out of that you know, going from the regular season without the the, the two week of boot, two weeks of boot camp of this going into this one, I don't know. I, I, I'm there's I, I think cautious optimism is probably the right way to approach you know all yeah. things in life, but uh, specifically this case where you know you can say yes they're they have the best player in the series, they have you can argue they have the best defender in the series. You know, in, in Bam Adebayo, a guy who's I voted for defensive player of the year last year has been an all defensive team player. Um, they you can argue Eric Spolstra is you know has never won coach of the year which seems like a late lunacy but you could argue that their coach might be better equipped to make the the adjustments I think what you've seen from the Knicks in this recent run though is maybe those things aren't as clear-cut as you would have thought and maybe there are more answers that the Knicks would be able to turn to or there's a wider menu of answers and a greater facility with accessing them now than yeah. you might have thought from a Knicks team, you know, six months ago, four months ago, I don't know, two weeks ago. And I think that that provides a case for optimism as you move into the next round. Yeah, I think, I mean, to, to your point, I think RJ Barrett um, turning from a guy who kind of played with blinders on and, and maybe led the NBA in, in dudes jumping up and down frustrated that they didn't get a lob when they were wide open. <laughs> under the basket. We had the ball. I mean, o Obi was, Obi was getting above the backboard on, on some of those um, to, uh, to an, a really willing passer and, and a conscientious playmaker and, and manipulator um, completely changes the arithmetic for the Knicks. And, and same thing with, with an OB top. And like, because I think he would be like, if he's starting, he would be kind of be the logical guy that the Heat would put a small guy on, but you just watched him in the third quarter against the Cavs, like going one-on-one -on -one and hitting pull-up jumpers. So, so who knows, but uh, Dan, we can, we can wrap up on this. I hate to make you do it, but I, I feel compelled to, uh, what, what, what would your prediction be uh, for the series? I mean, listen, it worked out well for me last time. Let's go uh, heat and heat and six. Uh, <laughs> and so that way, if, if the, if the, the matchup advantages we just discussed uh, wind up coming to fruition, I could say, well, I went on this podcast and I said, here's the things that the Knicks have to worry about. I wound up being right. And then if I wind up being wrong, nobody remembers what my predictions are and the Knicks win a series. So, uh, you know, either way you're coming up roses. It's all, everything's coming up Millhouse. So we'll, we'll go with that. Uh, but I think it's, I don't know, man, it's going to be the fact that there is a non zero and not much better than a non zero chance of <laughs> the 2022, 23 New York Knicks appearing in the Eastern conference finals. Mm -hmm. uh, if you would have told me that, you know, After I don't know. Dallas game, maybe when they lost. Yeah, dude, like 
So I was I was about to say like last summer, but not right. last summer, last yeah. December 1st, right? December 2nd, whatever it was, yeah. uh, I would have told you you're out of your mind. And so right. the 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 road that this team has been on for the last you know handful of months and, and the way we've seen them grow and evolve in real time um, and prove that, it, you know, it's, it goes from like interesting curiosity to legitimate uh, strength to holy cow, this is just a legit good team. Um, it's been remarkable. And uh, at this point, look, listen, get greedy. Why not? Uh, you know, it, it, they have gone further than I think most anticipated would be possible for them to this point. Uh, and now, you know, win, win four more, see where you are after that. Sounds good to me. Uh, Dan Devine, <laughs> one, one, one final time. Uh, where, where can people find all your work? Uh, I write for Yahoo Sports. So you can go to uh, yahoosports.com. Uh, I believe the, the, like the other thing is sports.yahoo.com slash NBA. Either way, Google Dan Devine Yahoo Sports. You'll find me there. Um, and I host or co-host a podcast uh, with our senior NBA reporter named Jake Fisher. Uh, the, the name of the podcast is No Cap Room. Uh, you can find it every, it comes out new episodes every Thursday. There is uh, the feed. You search for Ball Don't Lie on your podcast or video app of choice, also on YouTube. Um, and Mondays, you get episodes of Good Word with Vincent Goodwill, wonderful uh, reporter and writer and takesman and uh, gets fantastic guests on every week. And then every Thursday, it's me and Jake uh, yammered at each other for an hour. So uh, Yahoo Sports, NBA coverage and No Cap Room, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we're going to be doing them every week. And uh, thank you so much for having me on, man. I had a blast. Th th thanks for doing it. I, I don't know if I've heard uh, Takesman before. I got to add that to my lexicon. Maybe maybe my LinkedIn bio too. Uh, yeah. Put it on a business time, card. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, until next time, for Dan Divide, I'm Gavin Shaw. This was Locked on Knicks. Uh, we'll be back, I believe, with one final Knicks Heat, Heat preview episode. And then uh, your game on recap uh, coming to you Sunday night. Um, so until then, be good. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'm Locked on Knicks. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.